That's what losing sounds like. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Jay Hollihan, back here on this Sunday evening. And yes, that is what losing sounds like, and that is a sound all familiar to the St. John's Red Storm in the last month. They fall yet again today, 68-62, to against the Seton Hall Pirates at UBS Arena in Hempstead on Long Island, New York. And they just find another way to make each loss more and more embarrassing and more and more gut-wrenching for the fans. And at this point, you know, in the season and where they're at, their resume 14-12 and 12 overall and then in the Big East Conference, at one point they were 4-1 and one, and you felt like, okay, things were starting to look good. Things were on the up and up for this season. It truly is going to be different. They are now 6-9 and nine in conference play and sitting in ninth. Remember earlier in the season I said that they probably would be in that upper middle pack where Seton Hall is. At 10-5 and five in conference play, Providence and Villanova. Now, they're swimming with the fishes, the likes of Georgetown and DePaul. It has gotten that bad. They would, if everything ended today, they'd play Butler in the Big East tournament. And in the post-game press conference, Rick Pitino did not mince words as he usually doesn't. But this time, it most certainly got not only the St. John's and um, some of the Big East fans' attention, it got pretty much, I would say, national attention everywhere. You know, I open up Twitter, I see people talking about what he had to say. Um, He said uh, some colorful words that I won't be using on here. He, you know has gone after the players not being athletic enough, which, you know, is no... If you watch the post-game press conferences like I do and you read Zach Braziller's comments um, on Twitter or X, you know what he says, um, and that's not something that's new at all. But what was new um, was that he spoke about the facilities and that they're not great. Um, he said we're doing something about that, though. Uh, he mentioned how he tried or wanted to keep AJ Store, and actually, I remember at first AJ Store did have a day or two where he worked out with the team, but then figured that it was just not for him, which led the entire fan base at the time to say, "Okay, well, AJ Store clearly is not bought into truly winning," and now the kid looks like. You know, if it wasn't for Zach Eady, he could have had a a a ticket in the hat for the Big Ten Player of the Year, and unfortunately, it wasn't Big East Player of the Year. But I mean, listen, if he couldn't take the hard coaching, 
that's on him. I mean, that's not one of Rick's guys that wouldn't have worked, you know, and he spoke about how they are not um, mentally tough. Um, You know, I even, I guess Zach asked him, or I don't know who asked him this question. I just see it's posted here. Someone asked if he regretted taking the job. Rick said it's not St. John's, it's my team. He also went on to say this is the most unenjoyable experience of my lifetime. I usually enjoy the first year at a new school, but this has been the most unenjoyable one. And I think that that's, I mean, listen, there was no other time when Rick Pitino took over another job, maybe aside from his first year at Iona, where you could pluck guys from the transfer portal, but I don't think Rick was necessarily getting um, some of the better talent coming into Iona um, from other Power 6 programs. So I kind of want to defend um, you know, that statement and where he's coming from. I think you have to, it's not so black and white. You have to look at everything. I mean, listen, this guy's coming from, you know, the MAAC into the Big East. He got all this Big East hype. Everyone bought into it. You know, um, Greensburg coming, you know, to practice at Carneseca Arena. Probably the first time ESPN's been there uh, and truly been there, you know, on a segment for Sports Center um, since it was announced that uh, Mike Jarvis was uh, was being fired. I mean, just insane and you know dramatic uh comments that he has i also want to say it just seems like rick patino lets his emotions wear on his sleeve especially in the post-game press conference usually i think for the losing team i know at the big east tournament they go second in the post-game press conference and usually there's like a 10 minute cool down period quote unquote well i think rick patino needs about 30 minutes to cool off before um, he can come in. But I just, you know, talking about this game itself, and it's been, I mean, it's been well documented at this point. There is no doubt that St. John's has the horses to play Big East ball. Like, in terms of the talent, let me preface that. In terms of the talent, they have what it takes. But in terms of actually beginning to um, put together a full 40 minutes of of basketball, they just cannot, for whatever reason, for whatever godforsaken reason, put it all together. I mean, you see it um, today is another example, but, you know, it felt like against Xavier – that was for my for my money. That was when people really started, you know, the honeymoon phase with Rick being at St. John's. It felt like that's when people started to question what was, you know, what exactly are they thinking? And then it boiled over into UConn, you know, Marquette, Providence. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. But today, blowing a 19-point lead to the Pirates was the worst. They came out on fire. They came out running. Joel Soriano. Responded to him um, not starting and responded in a big way. I believe he had 11 points in the first half um, and 
for boards, you know, and St. John's was uh, grabbing the rebounds. 21-19 to 19 was the discrepancy in the Johnnies' favor. And they had a sizable lead at the break, up 41-29. to 29. Now, you know, you saw Seton Hall make a little run. They, they were able to knock into that lead. But then the second half, it was tremendous. Remember that score, specifically the 41, 41-29. to 29. That was the score at the break. Just a couple minutes into the game, as we get to the under-16 media timeout, it was 44-35 St. John's with 15.07. They made three points. Let that sink in. Now as we go under 12 minutes, so the under 12, it was a nine-point game. You know, it, it feels like Seton Hall's creeping back into it, but can the Johnnies put a stop? Nope. It's 44-39. At 11.43, 44.39, you score three minutes and ain't in change to begin the game. I mean, come on. You could have rolled out any team. I mean, I bet Georgetown, nothing against Georgetown. They're just the first team that came to my mind would have scored more than three points um, at the under-12 media timeout. You go to the under Eight media timeout under eight. Where is it? The under eight media timeout. I see the under four. Under eight, 47 to 45 with 758 to play. They scored a total of four points in 12 and change. In a Big East game. And I don't even want to say in a a Division I team against another Division I team. You score four points. That's pathetic, man. That is pathetic. I don't even want to read. I'm not going to read the uh, the field goal percentage or anything because it might look a little bit better in the second half. Um, no, it doesn't. They they twenty four percent. They shot eight for thirty three. It doesn't look better. They turned it over six times. It's not like they were giving it away in bunches. I mean, that's not great, but it wasn't terrible. And then on the glass, twenty five to twenty one in the second half. Like what in the world happened? I mean, once things go awry, it's been happening the whole season. This team just gets lost. I mean, it's like you know the lights go out. I don't understand what they talk about at halftime because they have a great lead. They have a lead against Marquette, against Providence, against Marquette again, against UConn at one point, and they lose. And Creighton. And they lose all these games against quad one wins. I'm telling you, folks, I'm sitting here looking at the matrix that I have right now. And St. John's has no other team has fallen off at the rate that St. John's has this season. The only other team that I'm really looking at that, you know, was doing really well to start and then they faltered now, Princeton. But that's an Ivy team. 
Villanova, but you could see that coming. There was no real signs of this for St. John's. And if there were, you knew with Patino's credibility that he could perchance um, fix it. He said, furthermore, in the press conference, here are the comments. It's not the job. You could be at Missouri and recruit slow players. Believe me, it's not St. John's. We had to put together a team at the last second. We will never, ever do that again. Furthermore, after I spent the summer with them, I knew it, it was going to be a difficult year. I knew it. I'm hoping we could finish over 500 for the season. Continue further to bash the guys. Look, Joel's slow laterally. He's not fast on the court. Chris Ledlam is slow laterally. laterally. Sean Conway is slow laterally. Brady's physically weak. Dresa is slow laterally. I mean, you have to know what you're getting when you fully commit to Rick Pitino. But my God, you know, to gut them now, I don't know is the correct move, but I don't think he knows, you know, the right move at this point because I think after um, Providence the other night, he was a little more jovial um, and there was the Xavier loss and he seemed not too upset. He just seemed a little like off. You would think he'd be a little more but he wasn't and I didn't listen to the Seton Hall game but just going off of his comments I mean my god it looks like he went on a tirade at UBS Arena so blowing a 19 point lead is something that we did not have St. John's doing this late in the season I, I for one can tell you that I will not be buying into any more preseason hype for this program i've done it the last call even the mike anderson era i was buying into it you know when they got aaron wheeler i was all excited that they were getting him when they got joel soriano i felt like we needed a true big when we got montez mathis okay that gave us more options from the outside um andre curbello on pen and paper looked very shiny and sparkly david jones my god i mean he was the best three-point shooter out of the Big East the year before. And all of them turned out to be a huge freaking dud. That's what you're getting out of this program. And this year, they, you know, bring in all these guys, all these depth and key pieces, you know, guys that were leading scorers in their conferences, guys that had uh, been on national championship teams, Guys that had the makeup and build of a Big East player. And they've all fallen flat on their faces. This team has and program this day, February 18th, has grown to a new level of embarrassment. If you thought losing to Delaware State was bad... Out of the Mid-Eastern Atlantic Conference, you haven't seen anything yet until you turn on the tape and watch that second half here today. So I tried my best to keep a, a calm and tame mind. I can see I'm coming a little undone. So because of that, I will be signing off here. An embarrassing, embarrassing season, a forgetful season, and one that um, 
you know, the only other team I can think of in New York that you can really compare it to would be like the New York Jets where everything looks all shiny and then we get to the season and they lay an egg. And I'm not picking on the Jets. They were just the first team that popped into my mind, Jets fans. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And as always, I'll talk to you next time.